Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you've missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Lots of big changes uh, happening in our lives as we come out of a lockdown. Uh, not least, an awful lot of leisure activities uh, be, well, being reopened to us. Uh, joining me for the chat this morning is comedian Dave Chorner. We'll get his thoughts uh, on uh, the uh, thoughts of my next guest in just a few moments. Delighted to welcome the Digital and Culture Minister, Karen Dynish, to the show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Well, I mean, lots of uh, announcements yesterday from your boss, the Cultural Secretary, Oliver Dowden, at the Number 10 uh, press conference. We know that there aren't going to be those press conferences unless there's a big announcement, but all these things, gyms, swimming pools, nail bars, beauty salons, tattoo parlours, not on my list, but I'm sure for some, open-air swimming pools open from tomorrow and the like. Um, why has this been announced now? And, and why so little advance warning for, for instance, uh, the nail bars uh, and the open-air swimming pools? Well, I think we always said that we wanted to get things up and running as quickly as we could. Uh, And we know that the British people and British businesses have shown incredible uh, strength and and fortitude uh, during the period of lockdown. But we do want to begin to recover and uh, eventually restore our way of life. And, you know, we need to focus on saving lives but also livelihoods and we need to always do that in a very measured and um, uh, iterative approach and so as we move forward and as we look at the data and as we're sure that we're safe to move to the next step we will take that next step as as um as we see what have we seen in the data in the last few days that has uh, that has changed that has meant that a gym that could not be reopened can now be reopened and a nail bar that is presumably unsafe today but can be made safe on monday what's changed in the data well, I think there's a number of things there. First of all, the infection rate is coming down, but we also know that the test and trace system is working really well. We want more people to use it, but it's been running now for five weeks and there are 150,000 people isolating now that wouldn't have otherwise been doing so. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're getting the, the systems and the protections up in up in place. Obviously, you know, we, we do, ever since the beginning, we've wanted people to focus 
focus on their physical and um, mental health and well-being, which is why, unlike some countries, we've encouraged outdoor exercise almost from the beginning. But gyms always did present a bit of a problem because the, the indoor spaces and there wasn't really the scientific evidence around the kind of aerosol uh, spread of you know of, of sweating and running and and, and um, you know and all that kind of thing so we've been very carefully looking at the science and expanding the guidance as we went along we, we desperately want to get these places open as quickly as we can we know how people love them and rely on them for their not just their physical health and well-being but mental emotional health and well-being so as soon as uh, it's safe to do so with the right guidance in place you know it's quite it's quite strict the guidance we're putting on um on gyms then you know that's what we want to do has there been concern from the government that as you've been reopening i mean we've had the doom mongers uh, warning of super saturday carnage uh, when people were allowed back in the pub and actually it was the case yes look you know soho yes the one place in the country apparently there was a problem but uh, but pretty much everyone you know was very very sensible and the vast majority of people didn't go back to pubs didn't go back to restaurants is it actually the uh, the government's concern right now that you need to be opening up an awful lot of uh, things much more quickly because it's taking such a long time to coax millions of people out of their homes and we saw this of course with the announcements of job losses at John Lewis Boots Burger King many more job losses to come that actually there are millions of people who are still far too scared to leave their homes at all well i think i think people are naturally reticent they are worried but we you know we saw bearing in mind that the weather at the weekend wasn't great we saw you know a good number of people going out to pubs um, and restaurants i think uh everything will happen in its own good time the british people are eminently sensible we have good common sense uh, people don't want to put themselves at risk but they do want to get out and try and restore our normal way of life as much as possible and you know we do want to make it easier for people to see their friends and families and get businesses back up on track and get people back into their jobs. And how soon we've got outdoor theatre is going to be available. I'm not sure that would work today, looking at a looming grey sky outside my studio window, but uh, hopefully the weather's going to get back to some uh, uh, nice sort of sunny weather soon. But what about uh, indoor theatre? I spoke to your, your boss uh, uh, early in the week about uh, you know the loss of pantos and the like, lots of concern that uh, lots of theatres, no matter what help is given to them, that $1.57 billion announced uh, to help, that actually they're not going to survive if they can't uh, have uh, you know the big money spinners like the panto season yeah it's it's been a huge concern for us which is why we worked so hard to with stakeholders with experts from up and down the industry to get this incredible you know world beating package of funding one and a half billion pounds to support the sector really pleased that the outdoor uh, activities can now take place with social distancing and actually looking out of my window here in Gosport on the south coast it's a beautiful day so you know um, uh, there is hope for us all uh, but uh, you know I mean, we very shortly hope to be able to uh, announce when we'll be able to do indoor performances with social distancing in place clearly the silver bullet for everybody will be when we can just uh, throw open the doors and let the um, put the social distancing uh, precautions to one side but we just have to be so careful Julia we've seen spikes up and down the country and in um, the people in Leicester are having to uh, endure that at the moment so we do want to proceed with caution always taking a very clear look at the scientific 
advice and um, and putting in place the support for the sectors that need it. But we say uh, you have to proceed with we caution. We were told, were we not, by the health secretary repeatedly uh, that Matt Hancock, that, that the test and trace uh, regime was absolutely vital for us coming out of lockdown safely. Uh, and yet the, the government has missed its own deadline set by the prime minister for all antigen test results to be returned within 24 hours by the l- end of last month. Uh, the latest figures show that still hasn't improved. Uh, 92% of walk-in tests, so people actually turning up or drive, you know, driving up uh, to get a test centre, they're getting their results back within 24 hours. Uh, only 1.8% of home tests. Now, to be fair, you haven't got any control over what happens to a home test once it's actually uh, been sent out to people. But the real concern, as we've seen in the figures this week, is that 76% of people who were testing positive only are being contacted by test and trace workers. I don't understand why, if you give your name, your number, your address, and goodness knows what, to get the test, why it's impossible for people to trace them. 85% of their close contacts have been traced and told to isolate for 14 days. But but we are missing basically a quarter of the people who are testing positive. They are not being contacted. We're not being able to contact the people who they uh, have been into co- in contact with. That is a big fail, isn't it? Well, I think the test and trace system is working remarkably well. How, ba- we, how bad you did you think it was going to be then? Well, if you think about the speed at which we've worked this up, you know, we, we're now in the, the ability to test um, 300,000 people a day. You know, that's equivalent to one test for every 10 people in the country. It's among the best in the world. It's outpacing countries like Germany, Spain, Italy and the US. Well, no, hold on a minute. Uh, no, no, Germany, Germany, they don't have to be testing so many people because they're through the virus. We, we've had five months to get this up and running. But Germany have also had spikes quite recently, Julia. You know, nobody can nobody can uh, remain in any way uh, complacent about this situation. We all have to be very, very mindful. I think the test and trace system is working very well. We have first-hand experience of it here in my Gosport constituency, where we have a pub that um, opened at the weekend and is now shut. And uh, People have been contacted, okay. people are self-isolating. So you're, you're saying it is working. OK, well, look, just fine. I know you have to leave, but the BBC uh, TV licence is free for all over 75s. That The government passed that as a cost to the BBC a few years ago. They BBC now says it's going to be means tested from the 1st of August. Should it be? No, no, uh, of course not. You know, we, we, we all know how we've experienced the, the shutdown, you know, the, the lockdown and how difficult it's been for us all. For some elderly and vulnerable people up and down this country, that is their life. And TV can be a complete lifeline. We gave the BBC a very, very healthy settlement uh, back in 2015. They agreed it was a strong and fair settlement. And they really, uh, you know, this is very, very disappointing news. So should they be cutting other things rather than cutting the, uh, the, uh, the availability of that free TV licence? I think they should be looking at other efficiency savings that can be made because, you know, this is, this is a lifeline for so many people. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Let's talk about what is not an anomaly at all. As Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, pointed out on Wednesday, we have seen 18 years of growth in our economy wiped out in a matter of months. I mean, just gone because of the lockdown. Uh, Yesterday, we saw two of the UK's biggest high street retailers, John Lewis and Boots, announcing a total of 5,300 job cuts. Boots uh, said 4,000 jobs are going to go. John Lewis uh, say 1,300 jobs at risk. And they're shutting down eight stores. Unbelievably, one of them being in our second city of Birmingham. Well, let's talk about just how dire things are going to get on our high streets with Bill Grimsey. Uh, He's a former chief executive of Wix, Iceland, Booker, Focus DIY and Park and Shop in Hong Kong. Good morning to you, Bill. Good morning, Julia. Um, These are really devastating stories, aren't they? A lot of the time we've been talking about job losses and and, and stores closing down and problems, places like Debenhams. You can think, look, these are old-fashioned stores. The the retail world has changed. Laura Ashley, who knew Laura Ashley was still going? When you're talking about two really big names on you know virtually every city centre every high street and and stores that I mean like boots that have been able to stay open during the pandemic then you've got to really start to worry that things are a lot worse than people perhaps were thinking how bad do you think it is and how much worse is it going to get well covid-19 is going to be blamed for a lot of things um um one thing is for sure, it's just accelerated what was already happening on our high streets and town centres. Um, we are changing our patterns of uh, behaviour. We've exited a century which was a carborn culture into a new century which is a mobile-driven culture. And we are uh, changing our lifestyles accordingly and we are shopping more and more online. And what COVID has done is, is accelerate that process. Um, and... As a consequence, I think during this period, it's it's got as high as 40% of, of shopping has been done online. And a lot of that is going to stick as we exit COVID. So um, you're going to see more and more um, bricks and mortar retailers close down and we are going to shop more and more online. That's going to happen. We are also going to see our town centres um need to change uh, away from uh, retail destinations to more community hub type destinations with health education entertainment yeah. leisure all that kind of stuff so we're at, we're at the point of change and we just recently wrote a, p- a paper called build back better which was designed to capture the spirit of 
the nation during COVID. We've all woken up and smelt the fresh air, a different way of life. And we need to create our towns around that, not around shops. So you're trying to think, you know, we should, we should use this as an opportunity. And again, I suppose also people have this idea that, well, you know, the high streets have always been a certain way. It's terrible if they change while losing those jobs. The reality is the high streets have been very, very different. We saw the big the big superstore uh, opening and then people went for you know, the Tesco metros, the coffee shops are a kind of new invention. I mean, we somehow survived without coffee shops for most of a, most of a, a human existence. And now we expect one to be on every corner. So y- y- there is an element, there's an element of evolution, but it's different. There's a different issue from people shopping online as opposed to shopping in the high street, which will have an effect on the high street, but there may be other jobs created elsewhere. If people just aren't shopping as much, full stop because they haven't got the money or they're worried uh, that they won't have the money very in the future that is completely different isn't it it is different and uh, there's there, there are two separate challenges here the first is how do we recover the economy post-covid um and that is a, a huge challenge um personally i think it needs to be approached on a sector by sector basis and not with blanket policies and we need to help these uh these sectors through the process uh we're seeing money dished out like confetti from from government during this process and some of it as in my view has uh, is going to be wasted i mean for example the the business rate holiday given to all retailers was ridiculous. There was no need to give it to Tesco. They didn't need it. They had a boom during the pandemic and they got £700 million worth of benefit and immediately paid their shareholders £650 million. That kind of stuff is what we as a community should be saying, hang on a minute, why don't we do this on a more um, lasered type help basis so that we can recover the economy, one, And then at the same time, you're going to have to recover your town centres anyway. That was going to happen regardless of COVID. It's just been brought forward. But focus in terms of just the furlough scheme uh, and and moving that, it's a job job retention scheme, supposedly, that £1,000 bonus in paid at the end of January for everyone who is keeping those staff on. Um, Do you think that, I mean, Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party, said that should be more focused, giving more money to the uh, the, the sectors where they've been worst hit, but no point giving a bonus to an employer who would have brought that member of staff back anyway. Correct. I totally agree with that. Um, And uh, we're going to have to recover from this uh, economic disaster, uh, exiting it with the highest level of debt since World War Two. And we've got to remember that the younger generation are going to inherit that. They're also going to inherit um, town centres and high streets that aren't fit for purpose and haven't been uh, changed in terms of managing place with more green parks, more experiential activities. So um, old people like me who have just retired uh, owe it to them to try and um, agitate and uh, make the changes that are necessary. And I agree with this lasered type approach. Can I ask you also, just as someone who's you know employed many many people over the years and, and has had to look at you know what is the, what are the future trends what you know what, what, what are we going to be doing well aren't we going to be doing well what, what what do we need to do to survive in this uh, you know dog eat dog sort of capitalist economy people who are sitting at home right now they're on furlough or, or they're just not sure about starting the business not sure about going out to the high street and buying anything outdoors other than going to the supermarket really worried about coronavirus but despite the fact they don't have any particular health risks. What message would you give to them about whether or not they should be getting back to work, getting out and about, spending their cash and and, and getting the economy going? What would you say to them? 
I'd say to them that um, be sensible, follow the guidelines and try and get back to as normal as you can. Um, that's what I'm doing. I'm in that age bracket that's very, very dangerous. Um, so I'm being careful. I'm not going to go back to where I was in terms of my expenditure. But I also say to them, um, start to lobby your local authorities and people to say, look, why can't we get back to, um, instead of a shareholder capitalist environment, why don't we get to a stakeholder capitalist environment where we've all got a stake in what's going on and we can all try and recover this situation working as communities rather than um, having central government dictate what we do and send money, which is I fear a lot of it is going to go um, to uh, people who don't need it. And we haven't got any assets as a result of it. When the last crash happened, we owned the banks when we rescued them. Why haven't we taken some stakes in some of these companies? Why haven't we taken stakes in the, in the train companies um, that we've subsidised through all of this? We mustn't return to that awful shareholder capitalist environment where people are having their pockets lined from what is basically our taxpayers' money, and, that, and that's wrong. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Let's talk to former Labour Transport Secretary, Lord Andrew Adonis, who joins us now. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning, Good Julia. morning. Well, the tens of thousands of travellers who arrived in the UK in the last few weeks before the lifting of the quarantine today uh, must self-isolate still for the next, well, for the two weeks since they've arrived, despite the fact that anyone arriving from today won't actually have to uh, um, uh, quarantine. Um, we are in rather ridiculous territory now, aren't we? It's absolutely absurd. I mean, this is simply to save the government's face. Uh, you and I discussed this a fortnight ago. There was no justification for the quarantine then. There was at a much earlier stage in the pandemic when, of course, we had to limit the spread uh, and uh, we were dealing with um, a, a situation where it was being uh, spread really seriously by international travellers. But now that that's clearly not the case and it's been shown not to be the case, it was absurd from the beginning. And the only reason it was done um, a month ago, the quarantine was put in, was because, as far as I can see, the opinion polling showed it was very popular yeah. because people thought that uh, the people who were, who were travelling who weren't them... Uh, uh, you know, they should get it in the neck. But, and that was the reason it was done. So the reason why they've maintained the quarantine now, I, I mean, you, you were in the theatre of the absurd now, is in order to maintain the fiction that it was somehow needed in the last month. But meanwhile, so far as I'm aware, but you may correct me, I don't think a single person has yet been prosecuted for breaking quarantine rules. Now, in my view, and I think your listeners will probably agree, a law that can't be enforced, and which is a joke, brings the law into disrepute. Yeah. It's now very clear this law was never intended to be enforced. And that's the thing. Again, there, there absolutely so few, nothing there to was, enforce it. So really, there were, there were so few people who were flying at that time anyway, and people were still pretty much under lockdown anyway, uh, and uh, and certainly before the summer holidays. And again, the reason why I booked my flights for next Friday, about a month or so ago, was because uh, it was made really clear to me that that quarantine rule will not be in place by the time uh, we start heading into the summer holiday season for, for kids coming out of the school such as they're having any any school at the moment um, but this thing we are in that ridiculous situation where we, we've we've got that all, all, uh, happening but we've also got this uh, foreign office advice telling British tourists do not go on cruises of any kind that foreign office advice means you won't for instance be able to get travel insurance and certainly a lot of people who are in the older age bracket if you can't get travel insurance uh, if you've had any health problems at all you you, you really uh, should probably not be going uh, traveling overseas like that but there have been a lot of concern about the dangers on cruises 
cruise ships simply because the difficulty of self-isolating. We saw some of those cases with cruise ships very early on in the pandemic where huge rates of infection were seen and we did see a number of deaths. So do you think that advice was right? I think they may have been right on the cruise ships and it just stands to reason. I mean, always be reasonable on these things that it is so much harder to deal with cases on cruise ships, obviously, because you're at sea and you're only going into port intermittently. I also don't see it as as, as a crucial issue at the moment. The issue at the moment about getting the travel and, and tourist industry going safely, you know, the cruise industry is, is, is a tiny fraction of that. And, well, you know, although and until any... this, it was the biggest growing uh, fraction. Of yeah, it. but it's still a tiny fraction of the, of the whole thing. And for those, uh, for those who wanted to go on cruises, uh, there are many, many ways that they can go on holiday and, and they don't necessarily just have to uh, go to Grimsby. Okay, so uh, but uh, overall, I mean, do you think we are going to see an uptick in people travelling? The polls seem to show everyone, you know, vast majority of people, well over half of people, are saying they have no intention of taking a holiday abroad. Uh, most of them are saying they don't intend to take a holiday even uh, here in the UK. I've got lots of friends who are saying, look, we're going to be saving the cash. We just don't think it's worth it or it's not worth the risk. Or indeed, a lot of holidays here in the UK already been booked up anyway. So we haven't quite got the uh, uh, the wherewithal to, to, to get everybody who would normally be heading off to Spain or France or Whatever, uh, to holiday here. Um, do you think that they're actually, you know, that we, we are going to be able to boost the travel industry enough over the summer months uh, by re- the reopening that's happened, or has it happened too late? Uh, it looks to me as if the, the travel and tourist industry is going to take a huge hit. And it's not just uh, the international industry, because people are, are desperately worried about uh, flying and, and, mm-hmm. and all of the, that goes with flying. You know, might the rules change? If there's a sudden second spike, could yeah. you find yourself in, in a place and suddenly stranded? Will airports be suddenly closed? But what's also concerning, because uh, I'm a great fan of the, of, uh, of the home tourist industry, and I think you know, it may be that over the last generation we've all too much as a reflex thought that the best holidays are abroad but it does look as as you say as if people aren't uh, taking holidays at home either now that's less easy to explain because obviously there isn't the risk of um of uh, airports closing yeah, you'll be able and, to get home if there's a problem yeah yes. so I, I hope people w- will start to look at that because this is a great country august is by far the best time uh, to be in britain it's almost the only time when uh, when the weather is 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 reliably decent i mean they may be famous last words of course i mean uh, get <laughs> sorry everyone you, you, you've just had the entire weather. month of august jinxed by <laughs> but, andrew donis <laughs> yeah but but i hope that uh, the government you know because the government can take a lead here i hope it actually helps the tourist industry to promote holidays at home including yeah. in all parts of the country because going and seeing other parts of the country is, is one of the most exciting things you can do online on dab and on the talk radio app talk radio welcome to the julia hartley brewer daily if you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show don't worry we've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast the julia hartley brewer daily enjoy hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.